0: Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast.
1: Diving mean, stop, Singer, toss on off the first in time to get seven. Three run, Homer Robinson, Cano off the lefty specialist Fernando Abad, and the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye, baseball. Straight away, center field, Cano and Cruz go back to back. And the King, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven. Score
2: now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Well, we don't always have a podcast on day games. Today, of course, a day game. is the Mariners' take on the Rockies, but this one is warranted. James Paxton back, and boy, was he sensational last night against the Rockies. The Mariners win again. They've won four in a row, and it was good to see Big Maple back on the mound as he was absolutely dominant against the Rockies. We're going to get lots of reaction from his start. We'll hear from Paxton, Scott Service, Mike Zanino. They all talk about just how good he was and how good it was that the Mariners got another win. They've taken three in a row against the Rockies, and now today they look to sweep aside Colorado 1240 at Safeco Field. Great to have you with us, Seattle Mariners podcast. And before we really get going, There's a few people I wanted to thank. It was just a a couple of podcasts ago. We had number 400. And, yeah, I was almost, I felt like I was joking, talking about, has anyone listened to all 400 of these? And the response was overwhelming. I can't believe it. How many people have actually listened to all 400? I know I certainly appreciate it. I mean, I really, really appreciate it. So I just want to point out a few people that sent messages along the way, and uh, many of you I've interacted with for a long, long time, which is great. The podcast family uh, Blake Lawatch, appreciate it. Dan Gomez, I know you've been listening for a long time. Zach Gonzalez, Noah DuPont, at Whiskey Rick. Glenn Warwick from Australia claims to be the. Only Australian to listen to all 400. I will not argue with that. Adrian, appreciate that. At Miss underscore A253. Uh, just a handful of people that responded. And I, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Uh, you can always reach me on Twitter at Gary Hill Jr. or Gary Hill PXP at gmail.com. But appreciate your support, appreciate your listenership. And, boy, the podcast is that much more fun on a day like this after just a tremendous out-of. You, you never know really what you're going to see from a starter coming out the DL, but it was vintage. It was exactly what we had seen from James Paxton this entire season.
3: Here's one-two from Paxton. Swing and a miss and a breaking ball, of bouncing in front of the plate. Zanino scrambles, picks it up, throws the first to Valencia. And that'll be out number one, a K-2-3 on your scorecard. And for Big Pax, that's his sixth strikeout. He
2: was getting ahead of every batter. I mean, he was strike one. It was automatic. He's blowing 98 on the fastball, you know, 96, 97, 98. His breaking ball was ridiculous. I mean, he had one where it bounced a foot in front of home plate and it was swung at and missed. For Paxton... Uh, it's just you couldn't ask for a better start coming off the DL. He was marvelous and untouchable. Oh, one thing before we continue. Sorry, uh, Billy Mack. He just wrote a book about Dave Niehaus. My oh my, the Dave Niehaus story. We're gonna hear from Billy Mack at the end of this podcast. Great book. I recommend it. And we'll hear all about, uh, all about that coming up. So James Paxton last night. Mariners win five nothing. Paxton. Again, what, his fifth start without giving up a run? It's pretty impressive considering especially considering how much time he spent on the DL. Five and a third, three hits, no runs, no walks, and six strikeouts. Razor sharp in this one. And the Mariners they went to work offensively. They put up a three spot in the second inning. Danny Valencia, who's had a very good May, contributed in a big way
1: delivers swing and a line drive base hit into the gap in right center field Cruz will score running third to Seager he will score Danny in at second base up with the ball is Blackman the throw in is cut off by Story Danny Valencia hot hitting in the month of May drives in a couple and the Mariners lead the Rockies two to nothing here in the bottom of the second
2: so he had two hits drove in two runs Seager Had a couple of hits. Gamble drove in a couple of runs. And then Mike Zanino had a nice night with a couple of hits. 3-1
1: to Mike Swing and a line shot down the left field line. This one is a fair ball. Short hops the wall. In the corner. Valencia will score. Zanino to second. The long throw by Desmond to second. Not in time. Mike Zanino continues his hot hitting over the last few ball games against the Rockies. A two-out RBI double down the left field line.
2: And Paxton gets the headlines, of course, for good reason, but the bullpen, magnificent, three and two-thirds, one hit, no runs to close it down.
1: The 0-2 pitch, winging a ground ball to Cano at second. Over to second for one. The relay to first, and it's in time. And the ball game is over. The Mariners shutting out the Rockies tonight by a score of five to nothing here at Safeco Field. The Mariners have now won four in a row. What a turnaround for this ball club.
2: No doubt about that. They've won four in a row. 12:40, first pitch from Safeco Field today. You have time to get there. Gallardo against Freeland. Freeland, another. Good young pitcher for the Colorado Rockies as the Mariners look for, I guess, the four-game sweep. Two in Colorado, two at Safeco Field. Here's what Mike Zanino said after the ball game about Big Maple. Unbelievable. Unbelievable.
0: It's like he didn't miss a beat. Uh, it's one of those things where, uh, I mean, he, he's such a competitor. I know he had 70-something pitches and we took him out. He was, he wanted to stay in. But uh, it's one of those, I mean, fastball location was great. I mean, The ball was coming out good in the pen, but when he came out throwing 96-98, I was was impressed. But, uh, I mean, he had a good time or a time to grow stronger, work on his mechanics even more, and he came back really good. Scott said at one point you even
4: said to him, wow, was it just... (laughs) Yeah, it was the
0: first inning, and I had to talk about in the the sixth or seventh when he was already done with uh, with Stott, and I just said, I mean, it was coming out good in the pen, but I didn't think it was 96-98, and, I mean heck for six innings too so i mean it, it's really encouraging the breaking ball was there the cutter was there um it, i mean this is a really good lineup and for him to throw the ball like he did today is really good to see to throw a first pitch on almost every single batter to be ahead what does that give you i mean it, it, the options are endless with him i mean obviously they started becoming more aggressive swinging at the fastball and he had that he dumped a couple of really good breaking balls in there through a good first pitch cutter to cargo to get a rollover in the in the second or third inning so i mean he was able to throw strikes with everything and i think when he can do that with the stuff he has i I mean that's the combination you're going to see. As a team that's kind of been hang on for you guys for a long time to have that back, I would think that gives you a little something extra. Yeah, you mean obviously we know we're short a few pieces, and and when each piece comes back, and if they come back, uh, you mean as good as Paxton did today, you mean this team's going to turn the corner really quick. We're playing great baseball now, and uh, those guys will give us an extra boost.
3: And here's what James Paxton said about his start. You know, before the game, uh, in my bullpen, I was just kind of ramping it up, and then towards the end of it, I let some rip and just wanted to make sure that felt good. So going into the start of the game, I was confident because I'd already, you know, gone 100% in the bullpen just to make sure that it felt good to go that hard. Uh, so I was able to do that in the first inning.
1: Z
0: mentioned that your mechanics were a little tighter, too. Is, was that a change that you worked on or just the result of the time? off?
3: I think just a result of the time off, you know, I was working on things as I was in the, uh, you know, rehab process, playing catch and stuff. I was really able to focus on my mechanics and stuff, uh, working on some things with Mel uh, with my curveball. um, So I was able to stay stay on top of that better tonight, too. Did you start to fatigue at all there toward the end? Uh, not really. No? no, I felt I felt pretty good all the way through. I think I think they just didn't want me to pitch too many stressful pitches there with guys on base. Did you were really throwing strikes just from the start. I mean, how, how good was it just to was the It was great. You know, that's that's the goal is just to pound the zone against these guys, especially early in the count, um, and being able to do that tonight was was huge.
0: Really I don't think you had a three-ball count until that fifth or sixth inning there. Yeah. Realize the head.
3: Uh, not really. I was just, uh, you know, trying to pound the zone. Mike was doing a great job behind the plate, calling the game. Um, you know, it was it was just great to get back out there again.
0: To be that sharp in the first game out, how? how, how impressive, motivating is that for you to see that come through
3: You know, it was really nice to just hop back out and feel that comfortable again on the mound. Um, being able to throw strikes was huge, getting ahead of guys. Um, and working with Mike again, you know, he just you know makes it so comfortable for me back there. I really trust him a lot and uh, he does a great job with me. And now
4: the skipper, Scott Service. I can't say enough uh, what it means to have Paxton back. Uh, Gave us more tonight than I think we expected uh, coming into this, having not pitched, um, you know, in a little over a month, or right around there. Uh, and at this level, it was it was awesome. I think, you know, I looked up on the board one time, like the first 15 hitters he faced, it was 13 first pitch strikes. Uh, you know, the command of the, the curve ball, curveball, uh, you know, putting guys away with it, and you know, went to the slider, the cutter later on. Um, very very impressive. Um, he has been, um, you know, obviously before he got hurt, you could just see a different guy out there and how confidence, confidence was growing. And, you know, he's, he's turned into like a, a top of the rotation stud. And it's uh, great for our club. I think everybody felt it tonight when he took the mound. Um, you know, uh, dominant starting pitching does so much for your team. Uh, and it just lifts everybody's spirits. You know, the, the guys offensively relax, they have good at bats. And uh, we did enough offensively, uh, you know couple good innings uh, put together against a very good young starter that they have uh, really good fastball and our, our guys hung in there and you know big three run uh, you know inning early on and then the add-on runs were, were really really big so uh, nice win we got a nice little streak going now. we're building some momentum and uh, it's good that's a very good offensive team you know the Rockies can really swing the bats and, and we've done a pretty good job our bullpen again tonight outstanding you know so everybody's chipping in uh, and it's, it's really what it takes when you, you know, to put a streak together what was the most impressive thing with James? From your perspective? For me, this, you know, that stuff, obviously the adrenaline, that didn't really shock me that the, the fastball was what it was early in the game, but his ability to, to land the secondary pitches and the command of the fastball uh, was, was really, like I said, much more than we expected. Um, you know, even Zanino said, wow, you know, this is <laughs> really good. Um, so... Uh, you know, tip my hat to him. He worked his tail off to get back in here. And, you know, everybody involved. When a player goes down, you know, the medical people, the pitching coaches, everybody kind of working to get him to the point he is and having him come in tonight and give us that lift was
3: huge. I think he threw just 17 balls all night. Just his ability to jump in and be that sharp out of the game.
4: Uh... He just attacks. You know, he just goes after. He's got tremendous confidence in his stuff, and he should it's really, really good. So, um, you know, it's not going to be that good every night. Uh, I do understand that. But for what we were looking for tonight, I uh, couldn't have gone any better.
1: And C-Shirt comes in really slammed the door there too.
4: Really good outing for Steve and trying to find the right spot to get him in and keep building his confidence. And, um, you know, like I said, they got some pretty good right-handed hitters over there, got a couple pop-ups to get us out of the inning and then run through the next inning it was really, really big. We've been using quite a bit of the bullpen uh, because our stars have been about that five-inning mark, um, so it was nice to extend him a little bit, and hopefully we have enough guys you know, to, to go back at him tomorrow afternoon. A
0: couple more hits from Mike Zanino tonight.
4: That off yeah. day, did that kind of help? Uh, I just, you know, we talked you know, I talked to him over in Boston. He wasn't getting the results he was looking for, but you got to stick with it. This is a process. He's doing a lot of different things up there um, and how he's trying to approach his at-bats and mechanically, and it's you know the early work's good, the BP's good, and, and it's not carrying over the game. Sometimes you want to switch, and ah, oh, this isn't going to work. And just told him over in Boston, stick with it. And uh, you know it, it is a process; you're going to constantly make adjustments. So, really uh, happy for him because he's he's you know it's tough. It's tough when you're when you're struggling like that and you're letting team down, yourself down. So, getting him going in the right direction it certainly makes a big boost for the bottom of our lineup.
3: And why was that the right spot for C-Sheck? That was the one chance Colorado really had, and. Aaron coming up there in after him they've
4: gotten to it. And, uh... You know, Steve, you know, with the deception, the sidearm delivery, and his ability to, to, to sweep the breaking ball, obviously, we feel better about him against right handed hitters right now. Uh, he did a really good job against left handed hitters, you know, most of the time last year. But until he gets kind of his feel and his stuff back, you know, try to put him in those pockets where it sets him up to have the most success. So uh, it doesn't always work that way. You know, sometimes with what you have available in your bullpen, you know, you're going to have to, you know, let the guys go a little bit. But it's a good spot for him. He felt good about. it, He was anxious to get out there, and I'm happy that you know he got the results he's
5: looking for. Yeah, your, your offense, it's not just been the court group. You know, Valenti chipping in, and you know, these last four games it seems like you've kind of gotten back to. And Kyle Seeger starting to hit.
4: You know, um, good for him. Uh, but to your point, you know, the, the other guy, Ben Gamble's big hit, Segura seems like it's every night uh, with him. But, uh, you know, Zanino chipping in. It's, it's kind of the guys around the group because it's really hard for that core, at 3-4-5, to do it every night. And uh, When Seeger starts hitting, we are a different team. There is no doubt offensively. Um, you know, it's nice to win the game 5-0, when no, Robbie Cano doesn't really do much offensively
2: because he'll get his. <laughs> so we'll be in good shape tomorrow. And now the Mariners will look to sweep aside the Rockies in these four games. Good stuff. So now we're going to hand things over to Rick Riz. A chance to sit down with Billy Mack. Well,
5: here on our 40th anniversary season, 2017, a chance to talk a lot about Seattle Mariners' history, about the guys who made that history. One of the most, well, familiar faces and voices of the game was Dave Niehaus, who broadcast Mariners baseball for 34 years in the Hall of Fame, went into the Hall of Fame in 2008. It wasn't that long ago that Billy Mac, Billy McCarthy, a local entertainer in town, decided, and a close, close friend of Dave Niehaus said, I want to sit down and write a book about David Arnold Niehaus, and he did, and it's out right now. It's called My, Oh, My, the Dave Niehaus. House story. Billy Mack, our guest here in the 40th Anniversary Interview Edition. Billy Mack, tell us a little bit about the inspiration and when did you first come up with the idea to write a book about Dave Nehouse?
6: Actually, Rick, it was in 1992 that I first went to Dave and suggested that he write his own autobiography and that I co-write it with him. And we had decided to go ahead with the project and then we talked about it and the more we talked about it, the more Dave became convinced that nobody wanted to read a book about him. And it really wasn't until 1995 and later in 1996 when this town really showed Dave what it what he meant to them that i think Dave understood how just how loved he was
5: what was it like being around Dave for you personally to write down his memories and get those memories in a
6: book well Dave was one of the great voices of the game i've been lucky enough to hear a lot of them having moved around the country a lot as a kid and as a teenager I knew from the first time I heard him that this was a very special guy, and when Dave and I would talk, we often talked about language, uh, part of what the book dwells upon, and I I will tell you, one of my number one goals was not just to tell his story, but to try and tell his story in a language that was commensurate with the language of his broadcasts. One of the great thrills to me of listening to Dave Niehaus was his common command of not just the English language, but the language of baseball, and he was so literate and so so well-spoken that to tell his story, I wanted to tell it in language that was equal to his broadcast and in a way that tells the reader that this man knew both of those Those uh, I call it the matera lingua of baseball the, the the way he moved seamlessly between yeah. the king's English and the lexicon of the sport that's what made him so amazing to me
5: so much history born in Princeton Indiana Armed Forces Radio Services as a young man Southern California with the Angels and UCLA broadcasts. Mariners in 1977 where in the world did you stand start START to tell this story of Dave Niehaus.
6: I had the great fortune of working with uh, the legendary J. Michael Kenyon, who was the original beat writer for the BI with the Seattle Mariners, radio talk show host, and one of the most voluminous minds I've ever met in my life. And it was Jay Michael that suggested that I begin and, and end in Cooperstown. So that's sort of how the story took shape. The original the original concept that I brought to to Marilyn and the Niehaus family was to tell Dave's story like a broadcast in nine. Inning, and you and Kevin were so kind as to write forwards to the book, and that served as kind of the pregame show. <laughs> and then I and Love the you know the appendices and all the rest, the indexes. That's the postgame show yeah. to tell his story in nine innings. And I went back to Princeton, Indiana, spent some time there, interviewed people who knew Dave, went through the Princeton library, went to the places he went to school. His
5: the palace pool room.
6: Palace pool room. Now, Dave used to go to a place called the Palace Pool Room. Where his father used to sit and listen to baseball, and there was a guy named D. A. Keimer. There, D. A. used to read the ticker tape as the game scores and the events of the game came off the ticker tape. He would go over to the chalkboard to write the developments of the game, the line score of the game on
5: the. The chalkboard. Brooklyn Dodgers, because of Gil Hodges, right. who lived in Princeton.
6: Gil Hodges was a native son, and so the great mystery of this was to make the numbers and letters last longer on the chalkboard. Keimer would dip the chalk in water, and then he would put the numbers up so the numbers weren't immediately visible they appeared magic almost magically i think i described them as rabbits snatched from faraway hats and so dave as a young man would sit there d.a carmer would scrawl out the numbers but it would be a few seconds till they would magically appear and this memory was indelibly imprinted in his mind and i think carried with him throughout his his career
5: the title of the book my oh my that was pretty easy to come up with, wasn't it?
6: Uh, I wrote a song that I really kept secret. I, I I didn't want the world to think I was in any way trading off of the reputation of a dear friend. So I actually debuted it a night when you and Kevin and the Niehaus family came down to see me play. There's a line in it that says, uh, now these recherished words seem to perfect baseball prayer and they are now to me almost like a prayer there are times when i hear your broadcasts and you'll describe a play and then there's that brief moment of silence at the end of your description i don't know sometimes how you keep from just saying my oh my
5: and folks i tell you what you want to find out about the history of the mariners And this franchise and find out about Dave Niehaus, get the book, My Oh My, The Dave Niehaus Story, where all fine books are sold.
6: I got to tell you, Rick, uh, you know, having been around the team since its inception, I'm so honored to be a part in any way attached to the history of this franchise that I love so dearly. And I still can't even believe that I have somehow been so privileged as to be the biographer of dave Niehaus. he was a wonderful man with an incredible sense of humor who loved life if you loved baseball dave Niehaus loved you it was that simple
5: amazing amazing book billy mack uh tremendous job capturing uh the life and times of one of the greatest broadcasters in the history of the game of baseball. Billy, thanks a lot for joining us here on our 40th anniversary edition.
6: You are so welcome, and my thanks to Marilyn Niehaus and the Niehaus family, the Seattle Mariners organization, and to you and Kevin. Without all of your support and the support of my wife, this wouldn't have uh, become a reality. So thank you, Rick, and thanks to the Seattle Mariners.
5: You're very welcome. Very easy to do. Billy Mack, our special guest.
1: The fans hoping to catch a little bit. Right here, baby, with Junior stepping up to the plate. Here comes the stretch and the pitch to Junior on the way. Swing and a fly ball into deep right center field. That baby is going to be fly away. The old time religion legs. Junior does it.